Good morning. Uh, I'm sorry, aloha. That's right. Very good. Well, it looks a little more like Hawaii, I guess, out there. That's great. All right, uh, we're going to talk about forever timely knowledge. Forever timely knowledge. John chapter 8, verse 32 says, You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. What truth is going to set us free? Today we're going to talk about some forever timely knowledge that we need to make a decision on. Now, this is just a plain, basic Bible sermon. Uh, no theatrics or any of that kind of stuff. And so, um, please hear what we're going to say this morning. Let's look to God in prayer, please. Father, we thank you. It's a place to meet. We thank you for our health to be here. Thank you, God, that we can enjoy what you've given us. Lord, as we consider this knowledge today that is forever timely, we ourselves can take a survey, examine ourselves to what needs to be done more. Thank you for loving us, God. Thank you for sending your son to die in my place. I pray in Christ's name. Truth about what is going to set us free? Number one, there is a heaven coming. A heaven coming. Hebrews 4, 9 and 10. But God has promised us a Sabbath when we will rest. Even though it has not yet come, on that day God's people will rest from their work just as God rested from his work. And the promise is still there for God's people. What promise is that? Well, the promise of a rest if we remain faithful. Rest from what? All right, I want you to I want you to think with me here. Rest from what? I don't know how you are, but sometimes everyday life the same ritual every day gets tiresome. I need some rest from that. Paying the bills. I don't enjoy doing that. Man, how come how come my utility so high this month? Wow, look at this. I just we need some rest. How many of you have had to work on their car this your car this week? Yeah, have I doing that this way? Working on the car. Arlen was driving home the other night, and uh, and she thump thump and made some noise and looked in the rear view mirror. And she, well, I didn't see, I, well, I didn't see anything in front of me. Well, the front inner well of her car fell out. Just plop, just like that, fell out. Well, I went back yesterday and found the piece alongside the road, and I'm gonna put it back in. I think. Oh, rest from fixing cars. How about repairs on the house? Always something to do. 
Always something to fix. Always, there it is. How about, how about dealing with your neighbors? <laughs> yeah, sometimes I have that problem. Boy, what are we going to do about that? Or are dealing with problems of divorce or the exes and the children that uh, welfare and health issues and dentists and eye doctors and I don't like going to doctors. I don't know how you are. I just I, yeah. they always take your blood pressure. And my own is up uh, about 140 over 70 or something like that. Normally it's like 108, 110. I get nervous when I go to doctors. I just don't like it. Well, I'd like to have relief from that, some rest from that. How about, how about dealing with the boss and the pressure of fellow workers? I mean, there's always times when, oh, I'd like to have some rest. How about having to take care of aging mom and dads? The kids, school, and all the activities that are going on there. Uh, I, I I got news for you. Enjoy just your kids, because when grandkids have come along, there's that many more of them. Instead of three, I got to run after. I got nine to run after now. And so I go here, go there. Oh man, I enjoy it, but run your ragged. How about having to clean the house? Always dust to be things to be dusted. Or how about figuring out the meals and, 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 and dealing with pets and, and the pressures of in-laws and finally struggling with my own conscience to keep it right and clear. God promises a rest. I don't know how you feel about it, but there are times I'm just tired. I just want to rest. Just stop the world and let me off. But I like what Hebrews 4 verse 11 says. We should do our best to enter the place of rest so none of us will disobey and miss going there as they did. Talking about the Israelites way back when. It is coming. The Lord still has a purpose for you and me. It's still coming. And that's why we're not there yet. We're all still alive here today for a purpose. God has a reason for us being here. I like something else about this promise. The Bible says, In my Father's house, there are many rooms. In my Father's house, there are many rooms. John 14, verse 2. There's plenty of room for you in my Father's house. And room for me. Everyone can be there. Hey, here's a, a music video. Uh, one of my favorite songs, and most of you know this, but please humor me as we play this video, okay? Crank it up.
promise heaven is coming big big house lots and lots of room lots and lots of food uh, and we can run and play in a, in a big yard to play football in now obviously I don't know we'll play football in heaven but the idea is it's coming heaven is coming and you know what uh, in Hebrews eleven sixteen. It says, but now their desire is for a better country. That is to say, for one in heaven. Hey, try to imagine today, in your mind, the most beautiful place you've ever been. Paul here is talking about a country in heaven a better country country scenes the mountains the oceans the beaches the lakes streams the rivers uh, uh, there's one problem with that today is we have to get there number one number two we have to leave I don't like that we gotta leave uh, Lord willing Arlen and I on our anniversary trip this year we're going to go to Deep, Deep Old Bay Oregon now I could describe this place it's, uh, we get up on the second floor, 
second. And the whole wall is solid windows from floor to the ceiling. Solid windows. And it's so close to the ocean that waves come in, they hit the rocks, and they spray that window. And when there's a storm going on, oh, what a beautiful place. Heaven's better than that. Heaven's coming. And what's better yet is for eternity. I never have to leave. I don't have to go back to reality. Heaven is coming. Number two. As much as heaven is coming, hell is too. Now, you know what? I don't like to particularly talk about this, but it's Bible and I have to. I have to. Just as heaven there is rest. In hell there is no rest. Re Revelation 14, 11 and 12. Smoke from your torture will go up forever and ever. And you'll never be able to rest. God's people must learn to endure. They must also obey His commands and have faith in Jesus. Never have any rest. There's no home to feel safe in. Hell is described as a dark, deep hole where there's wailing and gnashing of teeth and with no escape. It is everlasting. 2 Thessalonians 1.9 Their punishment will be eternal destruction. That doesn't make sense to me. Eternal destruction. I thought when you destroyed something, it was done. The Bible says eternal destruction. No relief from pain. There's not going to be a drugstore there we can go get some pills for and, and take and get rid of our pain. No everlasting torment. Uh, Luke 3.17, unquenchable fire. Mark 9.43, fire that never is quenched. Uh, Isaiah 33.14, everlasting burning. Matthew 5.30, being cast into hell. A lot of people there. Matthew 7 verse 13. My friend, there's not going to be any friendship. A lot of people there. The Bible says many go in thereat. Few find the narrow way to life. But there's no friendship there. There's no creature comfort there. Matthew 25, 30 says there's wailing <coughs> and gnashing of teeth. Friend, Forever timely knowledge. Hell is coming. Heaven's coming. But so is hell. Number three. Because heaven. Because hell. There's also coming a judgment. Hebrews 9.27 Listen to this. We die only once and then we are judged. Simple. But kind of difficult for me to get a hold of. 
Matthew 12, 36, I promise you that on the day of judgment, everyone will have to have to give an account for every careless word they have spoken. Wow. I'm going to be judged by every word I speak. Yeah. What it says? Judgment. And we won't be able to say, oh no, I didn't say that. We can do that today and, and kind of get away with it, lie about it if we want to. But on Judgment Day, it's all recorded. It's all there. Romans 14, 12. And so each of us must give an account to God for what we do. 2 Corinthians 5, 10. After all, Christ will judge each of us for the good or the bad that we do while living in these bodies. So judgment is not only for those who do bad, but also for those who do good. So it's going to go judgment for both. My understanding of that is that God is going to tell us why we go to the left or why we go to the right. Why heaven and why hell? We're going to know why that's going to happen. 2 Thessalonians 1, 2 Thessalonians 1, 7 and 8. And to you who are troubled, rest with us. The Lord Jesus shall reveal from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on all that know not God, and then obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Friend, the court date has already been set. Judgment is set. You and I don't know when that is. Nobody does, but God the Father. Now, I don't want to insult you, but this is what God says. There's going to be a judgment. And, and, and this is what he says. You and I are either going to be a sheep or a goat. What it says. Matthew 25, 31 through 33. There's going to be two verdicts. You're either a sheep or a goat. When the Son of Man comes in, in his glory and all the angels, he will sit on his royal throne. The people of all nations will be, will be brought before him and he will separate them as shepherds separate the sheep from their goats. He will place the sheep on his right hand and the goats on the left. There's judgment. All the peoples of everywhere are going to appear before God Almighty on that day. Judgment day. And he's going to separate us. My understanding is that old-time shepherds, they had their walking staff, and they would face their herd, their flock, and they would separate the sheep, the sheep from the goats by touching those, you go over here, you go over here. That's the picture I see. 
But the Bible describes we're either going to be a sheep or a goat. Now, in my mind, the connotation for a sheep, I'm just going to tell you what I think, okay? You might disagree or, or agree, but a sheep is one that is easily led. In fact, in my experience of herding sheep, airplane dog. But that's not so far-fetched because you and I, both, we all need a leader. We need somebody to lead us, and that leader is Jesus Christ. Now then, goats. My, my thinking of a goat. Uh, in Douglas, Wyoming, years ago, they had fairgrounds there, all fenced off. Me and my cousin would jump the fence and go in there. Not to demolish anything or destroy anything, but because we loved to play with the goat. They let the goat loose in that compound for one purpose. This goat had one thing in purpose, one thing in his mind all the time. You know what it was? He's going to butt you. So, we would jump the fence and go over there and find him, and boy, he'd come at us. And we'd hide behind something, and we'd play with him. That's all he cared about. Well, he was very effective. Not very many people got in there. My picture of a goat. He will place the sheep on his right, and the goats on his left. Now then, we have judgment day, but then we have the sentencing. The, the day of sentencing. In other words, we're going to hear one of two things. One of two words on judgment day. Number one, the word is come. Matthew 25, 34, then the king will say to those on his right, my Father has blessed you. Come and receive the kingdom that was prepared for you before the world was created. Come. We're going to hear that word. Come with me. Come with me. The other word is depart. Romans 8, 1 says, Though for, the, for this cause those who are in Christ Jesus will not be judged as sinners. And we're going to hear the word come. Blessed of my Father. Inherit the kingdom of God. Prepare for the foundation of the world. The second word though is depart. <coughs> depart from me. Matthew seven twenty three, And then when I profess unto them I never knew you. Depart from me ye that work iniquity. Another translation says, Get out of my sight, you wicked people. Now, I want us to look at this. In Matthew chapter 7, and in verse 13, I'm sorry, Matthew 7, verse 23, 
It's talking about religious people. You look at that passage. Oh, we preached in your name, we did miracles in your name, and look at all this, all the things we've done for you, Lord. And his reply was, I just read it, depart from me. Get out of my sight, you wicked people. The sheep were born again. The goats were not. The sheep do the will of the Father. <coughs> the goats do not. According to Matthew 7, 13, most people are goats and cannot enter. When you look at that passage, you say, Bride is the way. Why is the gate. And many people go in. But few there be. They find the straight and the narrow way to heaven. Majority of people are goats and cannot enter heaven. Friend, I don't like that verse. I personally don't care for that. I have to tell you, that's not my favorite verse in the Bible. Because you know what that means? <coughs> Most people in the world today, those people that I pass on the road, those people I see in the stores and, and, and aren't going to heaven. That hurts me. But that's what God's word says. Jesus said in Mark 16, 15, He that has believed and has been baptized shall be saved. Friend, judgment is coming. You know what's so good about all this? Even though I don't like talking about hell and judgment, our Lord Jesus Christ gives us confidence we can make it through that. We can trust in Him and live for Him. And there is a Christ that's the answer to all of this bad stuff. Number four. There is a decision coming. There are a lot of decisions that need to be made in everyday life. My friend, this one is the most crucial. Heaven is coming. There's rest. Hell is coming. <clears throat> no rest there. Judgment is coming. And a decision is coming now. What are we going to do with this knowledge? Have I obeyed the Lord? Have I done it right? Am I sure about being born again? Have I truly believed? Have I truly repented? Have I been baptized for the right reason? I want to tell you something. There's times after talking to someone about their souls and Christianity and and they are so convinced 
that this is the right thing. But I have to go home, get my Bible back out, and say, is this true? I have to restudy it because I would want to think like they do, but friend, the Bible is truth, and I'm not. There's, no, there's, no, there's nothing wrong with investigating truth, because you know why? Here's what happens. You're reassured. Hey, I looked this over again. I studied this passage out again, and guess what? It comes to the same conclusion. The Bible tells me this is the way it is. It might be baptized for the right reason. Let's investigate that. Was there a change in my life when I became a Christian? From before to after. Was there a change? <coughs> Am I true to being called a Christian? A child of God. Am I true to that calling? Or maybe the world has taken away my desire and I've gone off, off track here. Please, friend, don't gamble with eternity. These are forever timely knowledge. Heaven is coming. Hell is coming. Judgment's coming, and a decision's coming. And I am done. Thank you for listening. I pray this can be something that can help us see where we are before. Again, there's nothing wrong with investigating. Did I do this right? Is this really what God says? And if you find, if I find that it's not, we make some changes in our lives. Thank you for listening today. Forever. Timely knowledge. Stuff we're going to need to know any, any part of our life, every part of our life, gonna need to know it. And I think that's a great thing. Thank you once again for being here. And